Hello, welcome back to another episode of Zenith Podcast. I am your host, Cesar Davila. This is where we explore culture, relationships, nature, art, consciousness, and the appreciation of life. I'm here with Tony Navarro, a returning guest, a good friend. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Welcome Thank you back. for having me. I'm excited. Of course. And guess what we're talking about today, bro? I don't know. We're going to talk about everything. Everything? Everywhere? Everywhere? All at once. <laughs> oh my god oh no that was cheesy it was way okay honestly it was just it's just too perfect to have you with it because we saw this movie together for the first time correct you know because we both have the amc a list we're both bored sometimes single we have fucking free time before you started grad school very single yeah so By yeah way, shout out yeah <laughs> DM. but it's my dms underscore 20 boy underscore 20 boy no taken so we so when this first movie came out, I honestly didn't hear much about it, considering also the fact that I go to the movies a lot, you know, at the AMC A-list. I don't ever remember seeing a trailer for this of the movies that I saw. So when we, when, I think you were the one who hit me up to say if you're down and watch this movie. And I said, yeah, because not because like I've heard anything about it, but because of what I've heard friends talking about it through like Twitter and Instagram. Like I think our friend Alfred is like was one saw before us and he tweeted saying dude this movie is a banger like it's it's amazing you know so because of that we saw what like on a on a tuesday night thursday like wednesday night like oh yeah we're free let's do it you know so we went and we saw it i had no expectations going in i just asked you like you know what is this movie about when i first like walked in because i had zero information on it and you're like, oh, it's supposed, it's, supposed, it's supposed to be like a movie on like the multiverse and stuff, you know, like supposed to be like funny. I thought I thought it was going to be like scary, like a horror movie for some weird reason, just because of the back, like the poster. Yeah. But boy, was, was I wrong. Like, dude, from the like from the beginning of this movie, it's crazy how like don't like we, we watched it in a small theater. There was probably what, like six other people yeah. like, in the theater with us. Mm-hmm. You know, and considering six other people in a small theater, it probably fills up maybe like sixty percent of the theater. And in like, even though it was didn't feel like a lot of people, everybody was fully engaged into the theater. Into oh the yeah, movie. we were all like enthralled, like just like stuck on it, like just. I mean, again, that's the beauty of like going to the actual movie theater. You know, like yeah, this is definitely a movie to experience in a movie theater setting. Definitely, dude, and. You know, the first time we saw it, you know, we watching it with you, like, dude, it was so engaging because, like, we were both watching it for the first time. So, we were trying to, like, understand what the hell was going on with all of, the, like, the verse jumping and, like, understanding what, like, how are they even implementing the multiverse, you know, with this movie. And after watching it with you, I loved it, bro. Like, I had to go again. So, not even, like, three days later, I took my little sister with me to watch it. And she loved it so much. That like a week later, we we took our old my older sister to watch it. So every single time I went, I went with someone who saw it for the first time. Nice. So it was so much fun, me watching it with the lens and and, and like seeing all these little subtleties, you know, these little small details, as well as seeing someone see it for the first time. Yeah, yeah, that in and of itself is like an experience, and 
I mean, again, like you said, it's just like that's why I, I recommend it to everyone I know, right? Obviously, and um, including my family. I know that like it's it's a little hard to like you know, especially like I've been trying to look for it like in Spanish just so like my family can watch it. But um, and I know that like I think it turns people off if you say like, oh, it's like a movie about the multiverse. I, I think they just think multiverse like, is bad. Yeah, they think like Marvel. Like, oh, it's some fucking superhero movie. Yeah, and like, like no, dude, like the multiverse is just like. It's just something that happens in a movie, but it's not what the movie is about. Yeah, you know, because I mean, they use the the, the more like the multi like the multiverse as a metaphor for like how chaos is in reality in real life, you know. And that's something I loved about it because, like, honestly, the replay value is so good as well. Like watching it, like, oh, like how many sure. times have you seen it since since we first? Started? I mean, in reality, I've only seen it three times. Like, it just you know, I watched it the one time in theater, and then. I own it actually. Um, I own it too, and yeah, so I I've watched it twice since I've bought it. But I mean, I wish I watched it more. I mean, I'm definitely like down to watch it a million times. It's just, you know, I've been um, you've been busy. I just been busy, but um, I mean, I, I I love it. I love it. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to the movie as well, it it's what like the movie is about two hours, a little over two hours long, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. and it's crazy because the pacing of it gets you so engaged where you don't feel like it's two hours long until they fake you out with the end credits when Michelle dies 90 minutes into the movie, supposedly, you know, and if it's actually the movie screening she's at in the movie premiere of one of their universes, which, like, you know, just saying that right now, like, with no context, you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Literally. You know? But it this is definitely a movie where the replay value is is super great and also... It's because there's so much detail and so much love that's put into it where you can notice something new every single time you watch it, you know, and it, and you have to. And like if you don't pay attention, you're almost like setting yourself up to, for, for failure for understanding this movie, because even if you don't pay attention to like five minutes of it and five minutes of it, like they could just be verse jumping to another universe where there's hot dog fingers. You're like, what the hell's going on? You know, and like it, by the by, by, by that point, it could kind of feel like a turnoff and. I get, I get that, you know. I got, I saw my parents, I got my parents to watch it. And oh, nice! What did they think? So they're very traditional Hispanic, you know, parents. So they, my mom especially, did, you know, relate a lot to the character of Evelyn, you know, on like sometimes, you know, like seeing, like wondering how life could have been if it was different. Also, like understanding how sometimes she feels that like she doesn't reach to her full potential, you know, understanding the problems she has with her children. And, you know, just, like, relational relationship problems in general, you know. Like, she felt very much related to the movie. They were just kind of turned off with some of the more out-of-pocket moments of the movie. Like, when uh, Stephanie Shu's uh, character, Jobu Tubaki, was, like, in the hallway scene where she enters. And she introduces herself as Jobu Tubaki. And she just beats the shit out of all these security guards. Oh, yeah. And she beats them <laughs> up with the fucking dildo. <laughs> yeah they were they were like what's going that. on I also oh my god also that uh, at the end um at the scene where uh evelyn's uh, fighting the two alpha agents um when they had a like when they had a um shove something up their butt <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> you know like that out of pocket you're like what is going on you know and i could tell my parents were probably like going to get something to drink in between a movie my mom probably checked her facebook or played a game really quick in between a movie so like parts of it they're like what is this about you know, but clearly after the Oscars, which is what we're going to talk about later, but after they saw the Oscars and they saw how much they swept, 
they were like, oh, wow, this was like, we were like, they won, they, they watched the movie again because they felt like they didn't get everything from it. And I was, and I, and I told him like, yeah, like you should definitely watch it again. Like, you know, it's always good because with this movie, the replay value is so good where you would notice something new and notice something different and get something different every time. Yeah. And again, like on the surface level, like I know that, right. Um, if anyone's listening right now and they still haven't watched the movie and I mean, obviously spoiler alert ahead for the whole episode, but <laughs> for um, eight minutes in spoiler alert, I'm sorry. Yeah. Spoiler alert for everything. But, um, I think on the surface, again, it looks like, oh, what the fuck? Like, you're traveling from multiverse to multiverse. What are you talking about? Like, fucking sausage hands. What are you talking about? Like, um, you know. Raccoon Cooey. Uh, Raccoon Cooey. You know, like, what about, like, the, like a silent a scene where, like, you know, Michelle Yeoh and Stephanie Shu are both, like, uh, rocks. rocks, you know? So, like, and having a conversation, like, you, you think about those things and you're like, like, what the fuck am I watching? But I think, um, you know the movie in general just really like hits on the theme of like finding meaning in life. So, you know, a lot of those things, like they seem like, like I think for example, like even as a movie goer, you go and you try to find meaning with everything. Right. So it's like, Oh, like why are they doing this specifically? Or like, you know, why, why are their fingers like that? Or why do they look like this? Or why are they doing X, Y, and Z? And I think, um, that's just like, what what we do as human beings, we try to find we try finding meaning in things, and I think, um, I think the beauty of the movie is that it shows that like, there's an like like yes, as humans we're like built to find meaning in things, but I think at the end of it, like some some people some people like go too too large of an extent to like meaning making where they just like don't find themselves present. So like again, like yeah. so that's that's literally like the issue with um, Michelle Yeoh's character, you get me? So, like, she's so focused on, like, the what-ifs or, like, why did this happen to me or why am I in this situation that she's not even fully... She's not being present in her own life and enjoying her life as it is, right? And especially enjoying the people around you. Like, yeah, you can't control, like, what happens to you and things like that, but I think you can surround yourself with the people that you want, that you love... And I think that's like the most important. Like, I that's that that's what I got out of it. Obviously, like that that to me the most important. That's the most important part that I got out of it. Just like in 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 life, like a lot of things, whether they have meaning or not, I think don't matter. I think what really matters is just like the people in your life, surrounding yourself with people that you love, and just like I don't know, just being present. Because I I know that like being present is difficult. Like I I myself like can attest to that. Like I. Sometimes I struggle, you know, like shit goes wrong with me and I'm like, what could I have done differently or right? Like I I literally like I have this like existential thought and I'm like, oh, there's a universe in which I, you know, I did did what I thought I felt like I should have done. Exactly. Or or I didn't get this bad news or exactly like I did the right thing, the quote unquote right thing. Right. But then it's like I dwell so much on those thoughts that it doesn't allow me to just like enjoy what I have now, which you know this like as as like somber as it sounds like you can be gone tomorrow right or you can just like you know we 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 have like in that sense no control over our lives and when it ends right so like i just think that that message of like you know being present taking a a deep breath and just like kind of also like you know surrounding yourself with the people you love and looking at the silver lining of that i think that's just like important um yeah, so I, I don't know. I, like that's that's like 
Obviously, I was like, I, you, I went with you the first time. I was fucking ugly crying by the end of the movie. And, um, you know, obviously the main conflict between like Michelle Yeoh and Stephanie Hsu's characters, like, you know, th- that that's like, that gets addressed in the movie. That's like the main theme of it, right? Or like the main conflict. And um, I don't know, like, not, not that I can necessarily relate. You know, I have a great relationship with my mom and things like that, but it's just... Um, I I can see how sometimes maybe like the adults that I know in my life can get caught up again with all these issues. And again, like literally we start with like the movie opens up with like, um, Michelle Yeoh's character, like doing her taxes, right. And being stressed about that and being stressed about her dad being there. And like, you know, stressed about her job and being stressed about like her daughter coming and then bringing in her girlfriend. Yeah. And being stressed for everything, you know? Exactly. So literally like, again, everything ever all at once, like really like all these things at once, I just, just are overwhelming. She just doesn't allow herself to just like be in the moment. And, and she's always thinking about like, what could I be doing, you know, better? Or like, what could I have done? And, and it's just, I think that's just like, um, it's not healthy. It's not healthy for your, for your mental health. And yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, also just the use of title cards for the movie Mm -hmm. throughout the movie is, is so like well thought out and just perfectly executed. You know, like the whole opening scene was just, kind of see understanding the chaos that evelyn goes through on her day-to-day routine there was nothing like extravagant about that other than the little 10 second clip of like alpha wayman like going into like you know like verse jumping in the security cameras but you don't know what the hell's going on because you're so focused on michelle and then by the end of it by the time they do show the the title card of everything it's it's just answering the question that's in michelle's mind uh, Mich- um that's in evelyn's mind in mm-hmm. the, uh, yeah evelyn the character when Wayman's asking, like, what are you thinking of? Like, you know, what's up? And what she's thinking of is literally everything. And also just, like, the, all the orchestra that's playing in the title card when they when they play everything. You know, and it's kind of like you don't understand what the movie is about until you watch the whole movie. And the title cards literally just show that because they showed different parts of, like, uh, different parts of the title throughout different movies for you to understand. Oh, so this is what they're talking about and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, I totally understand and like I, I agree with you. You know, which like my big my takeaway from this movie is like the importance of being present. You know, because like literally life is so chaotic. You know, like I sometimes see life as like like almost like a tsunami wave, where you know you're just surfing in a giant wave, fucking going with the flow. You know, like there's some things you can do. You could turn left rather than right, but if there's a rock in front of you, you can't move the rock. You either have to go around it, go through it, and figure out how to go through it, you know? And this movie, like, it's, it's, I think there's a big difference between smart movies and, like, smartly written movies, you know? And this movie does a really good job at, at conveying the message of, like, being, being present, you know? And, like, and, like, enjoying the now time, but also not saying that in your face. Because when do you ever say that, like, in the movie, like, when have you ever, like, do they ever mention, like, being present or being in the moment? No, huh? No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, it's yeah, it's like something. Obviously, it's like a more. I mean, I say subtle because like whatever. Like they don't actually like ver- like verbally express like the theme, obviously, because because that would kind of ruin it. But yeah. but no, no. I well, mean, some movies do that. I mean, because yeah. they don't know how to like write it into like a more fluid and like natural way, in which this movie clearly did. You know, and like it's crazy how like, you know, in a movie so chaotic. You know, all about verse jumping and going to the multiverses that you could still understand what the meaning of the movie is, which is, you know, to be present. Yeah. And then and then besides that, I think another beautiful like uh, 
message from the movie, which obviously, like, y'all, I'm a hopeless romantic. <laughs> I really am. I'm, I'm a cheesy-ass bitch. So, like, you know, um, I love romance in anything. And, you know, the fact that in this movie, like, like Wayman was a constant, like, in... in you know, out of you know, in, in every universe, in, in every too. universe, in every universe, he was like, he was a constant, and that just shows like, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, I, I, I'm, I don't know how I feel about like a soulmate, right? Per se, like I, I don't know if I believe necessarily in like one soulmate, but I mean, um, like Wayman was definitely like put on that earth or that you know, or, you know, just to like. Like, I think when people, whether it's, like, a platonic connection or romantic, I think there is, I guess, I just, I'll backtrack to what I said. I guess maybe I do believe in a soulmate. Like, I don't know. Maybe there could be have more than one soulmate, but I do believe in that, like, strong connection. You have someone, like, I think, um, like, we at least have at least have one person in our lives where we really have, like, this, like, just strong connection and, and like, just genuine love and just, like, admiration and just, like, I don't know. I just think it's beautiful that, like, across all the multiverses, you know, like, um, you know, uh, like, Waymond is a constant, you know? Dude, I love the way you worded it. He's a constant. Because he is constant, you know, throughout all these different universes. But the way he expresses love is different. You know, like, in the Prime Universe, like, where, like, you know, this Evelyn that we follow, like, takes place. You know, he's he's very, like... He's very timid, shy, you know, like, you know, he's nervous. He's nervous about his relationship with, uh, with, he's Evelyn. adorable though. He's adorable. He I, is. He's so adorable. He's adorable. But then Alpha Wayman shows like tough love to Evelyn, you know, saying you have so much potential, like, because you're so bad at everything, but like, you can do this. I believe in you, you know, then also there's the other Wayman from the universe where they were both movie stars and like super successful where he's like, you know, like in a universe, I really would have, like, I would have liked you know, to just do taxes and like and work in a laundry oh with you. Oh my god, dude! That scene. Oh my god, <sighs> dude! Like, yeah, and but like, it's 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 constant love, as you said, but it's just all different ways of showing love. Correct. You know, and it's so beautiful how like you could feel, you know, that man, Kiki Juan, dude, what a fucking. What a performance! What a comeback, bro! Like for him, like for real, to put dude. a stamp saying I was never gone. Like it's not even a comeback. It's like I was never gone. Like you guys just never gave me the opportunity, and here it is. I was rooting for him the entire like. I know we're gonna talk about the Oscars eventually, but like, just the entire award season, I was just a hundred percent behind him. Just, uh, like, I I think all of Hollywood was like all like just everyone. He had like the backing of everyone. Um, it's just. I mean, I guess, like you said, like, it's not necessarily like, a, I mean, it kind of is like a comeback story, right? I think people just love comeback stories, but, and, and, he, and he's just like such a, I mean, seemingly genuine guy. So it's just, um, um, it's just great. And obviously, like, again, like, you know, this movie as well, like as much hype as it got and, you know, um, four, three out of the four main characters are, you know, Asian. So I think that's important too like just the representation and you know like michelle yo even mentioned in her speech uh when she received her oscar you know like um or i forgot what award exactly she said this in but that this is for like the kids that look like me and things like the boys. oscars yeah yeah she's like yeah never let anyone tell you that you're past your prime hell yeah like that was like some boss Period. that was some boss energy right there and and, and this award shows uh, this award seasons like showed that not only with like the 
actors from EEAO, but also from, um, also Brendan Fraser, you know? Yes. Yeah, he's another, like, comeback story, quote-unquote, right? And, like, oh, dude, we can have a whole other episode on The Whale, but it's just, like, The Whale was so good. Just quick aside, if y'all haven't watched The Whale, watch The Whale. That shit also had me ugly crying. It, it hits you. It hits you it fucking hits you, hard. Dude, so hard. Okay, really quick. I know this is a just quick aside. When I went to the movie theaters and I watched that, like, everyone stood in their seats, like, like as uh, when the movie ended and the credits started rolling, like everyone, like no one got up for like a good, like not even kidding, like five minutes. I think everyone was just like processing, collecting themselves. To be honest, because like it was, dude, it was so just like, and and I purposely watched it alone because I just wanted to like fully. You wanted to ugly cry. I wanted to ugly. <laughs> I could do it in front of my friends. I could do it in front of you, right? But like, I just really wanted to like allow myself to like fully. Ugly cry and just feel what I had to feel. And it was, it's just like, you know, this movie about, it touches, it just touches on like the beauty of humanity and finding the good in everyone. Like, oh yeah, dude. And it's like, again, small cast, like, you know, literally like five main characters, basically one, one setting. Room, one set, yeah. Yeah, basically. Well, it's, you know, it's adapted from well, a place where it makes sense. Though, yeah. Yeah. But, anyways, um, yeah, go watch it, please. Brandon Fraser is just amazing, amazing, amazing. Yeah, but, you know, going back to Everything Everywhere All at Once, when it comes to Ki-Hu Kwan, you know, in the in the DVD, I did watch some of the behind the scenes, and they were talking about how, like, the you know, how the Daniels, uh, how, like, their the way of directing was kind of showing each of these characters how their different selves in the universes are different. So one way that Ki-Hu Kwan would use as a reference to switch from one Wayman to the next was Alpha Wayman was Alpha Wayman. He was like the bad bitch, you know? But he saw Prime Wayman as a squirrel. Oh, that's right. That's as right. a squirrel. He's like, all right, so Prime Wayman is a squirrel. A little bit more timid, a little bit more high-pitched, a little bit more faster, talking faster, like, or a little bit more nervous and stuff like that. Like, yeah. you know, compared to like, Alpha Wayman who talks slower, more confident, you know, like deeper as well. Hey, didn't he tell him, um, did you say it like that to be a fox? No, like a fox. Yes, yeah, for yeah. alpha women, right? For alpha, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, I was trying to remember what it was, but yeah, it was fox, squirrel, and I forgot what the other one was. Oh, um, eagle, eagle oh, for the e- eagle for the um, the kung fu guy. Yes, the kung fu guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's sick, dude. Also, the music, like, it's crazy. Like I said, the the like the small details about the movie, dude. Like, in the scene where where Wayman Alpha Wayman gets you know the eagle's powers, eagle powers. <laughs> I, just, I just noticed. Oh my god! Shout out Nacho Libre. Um, but yeah, okay. So as soon as he like taps into that, they play like the like the 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 hype drums, like boom, 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 and then they change the aspect ratio. To a little mm-hmm. bit of a wider shot, you know, like as like what action movies would do, and it's mm-hmm. crazy how little subtleties they'll do with, you know, the camera, like with the camera lenses and the shots, like depending on what like it needed from the movie. I mean, obviously that's why it won best editing, but yeah, dude, like it's so like it's crazy how little like how little details there are like that, you know, that like just really do make a big difference into the movie. Also, speaking of the editing, um. 
the VFX team, like the special effects team, was only like five people. It's only five people, including dude. the da- so well, including the da- Daniels. It was the directors. It was seven, but apparently they were self taught because I know that like they literally filmed um, up until like the pandemic. Only like literally only held them back. Like they were just one day away from finishing all filming, and then the shutdown started like in March twenty twenty, in March twenty twenty. Oh wow. They were just one day away, so like, um, so that's why I guess obviously they had all the material to work on at home. So when they, while everyone was you know in the like stuck at home for the pandemic, like they uh, this this team of five just like literally YouTubed a bunch of stuff and just kind of like you know they taught themselves and that is insane. I didn't know they were self taught. Yeah, self taught, dude. They, wow. Like, like I'm sure, obviously, I'm not gonna say again, and and this I don't know, so someone can like at home can look it up, but like, I'm not saying that like they were entirely like, you know, clueless about VFX, but like, well, yeah, but they weren't like trained like, VFX, like yeah, compared to team. like the resources someone would have like at Disney, you know, like these people had to work with whatever they got exactly, and especially during the pandemic. Exactly, it's pretty much just themselves. You know? Yeah, that's what and I'm saying. That's so, incredible, dude. So that, so that that's wild. Yeah, you should watch if for the listener and Caesar. If you haven't yet, there's a Wired uh, on the channel Wired, the YouTube channel. The YouTube channel, I've heard. Yeah, of it. there's uh, there's a video on that. It's on YouTube. It's like it's, it's short. You should watch it. It's really good. Okay, I will. And honestly, dude, I went on a huge binge, so maybe I've seen it. But like, oh, okay. I do. I've seen so many like behind the scenes and videos and just interviews on everything and everywhere all at once. It was amazing. Like, you know, one thing I learned as well is like the stunt team mm-hmm. are two brothers. You know, like the bald guy and the long hair guy. But like the like the big action scene where. You know, they both had to stick things up their butt. Those are the two brothers who are like choreo- who choreographed all the fights. Yeah, they have a YouTube channel. They have a YouTube too. channel they're from Orange County. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like I don't remember watching them as a kid, but kind of. Like the the bald guy, I do remember like the security guard. Like I do remember like when I saw him in the movie theater, I was like, You look familiar and then when I saw that fact, I was like, Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, dude. I mean like and you know, it's crazy how small this team was. For how, like, complicated the movie, like, looks, you know? Like, I would have never guessed that, like, only five people, like, not including the the directors, like, did all the VFX. But also, like, there wasn't too many VFX. There were a lot of practical shots, you know? Like, in the scenes where they're verse jumping, I do remember one of the Daniels. Um, I forgot which one, but he would literally just be walking, like, down, like, the streets of, like, L.A., New down York. the streets of New York. Mm-hmm. And just, like... Just like taking a time lapse video, and then that's literally the video of them like doing the verse jumping, just like you know, them walking down the streets at night. Yeah, so that that's like little things like that, especially when you learn about that. Like, that's why I appreciate, like, it makes me appreciate the movie much more. It's like, it's this culmination of all these, like, you know, like, like strong efforts, whether it's like you're learning a new skill, which is like VFX, right? Or like, like that, using like little, um, like using like the like like film that you, I think it wasn't from a point and shoot, but like yeah, the the some of the background scenes from New York or LA, whatever that they would use, yeah, like it was literally just raw like footage from you know their phone, their phone or some shit like that, right? And then, um, yeah, I just think like, and then I know that like for some scenes, I don't know how the fuck, but like I think they shot in Paris uh, as well, so like yeah, there were some scenes. There's like this one specific scene where like um. Like, uh, like Wayman's character is in LA. Is they like filmed his part in LA? 
They filmed oh. Michelle Yeoh's part in Paris. Yeah, it's 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 the part where Deidre, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis play, um, character, is like Evelyn's trying to verse jump, and she's trying to get her like her kung fu powers, but she verse jumps to uh, the universe where they just go back to do the taxes. So in the scene where, like, you know, in there where she's talking to Raven Wayman in the in the RV, mm-hmm. she gets pulled out, and it's like Deidre from the other universe, like pulling her out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the hand is not like Jamie Lee Curtis' hand. It's yeah. it's one of the Daniels' hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, also, I mean, that's just that's just crazy. Like how, like no one would have ever noticed that unless they like they told us because they literally just told us straight up. Like no one would have been able to guess that. Yeah, and that's pretty incredible. Like, dude. But um, when it comes to the movie, though, like, what are some of your favorite scenes? I have, oh, okay. I, probably, I have like two like for sure that I love. Dude. Well, yeah, for sure. I'm sure maybe of the two, you have one of them matches mine because <clears throat> I also have like two ones that I love. Uh, for me, it's just like I love comedic relief. I mean, I love comedy in general. It's like one of my favorite genre of like movies and <clears throat> but or one of my favorites. But uh, I just think the <laughs> well, what do they call him? Raccoon? What? Raccoon? Raccoon? No, no, Raccoonie. Raccoonie, Raccoonie. <laughs> I think that scene is just like uh, that's just amazing. I just, I just, especially like, I just love when people cap on Disney. It's, I love Disney, but like, <laughs> I just think it's hilarious when people cap on Disney. So, just <laughs> that connection there with Ratatouille is just, it just, I was dying. Was that that was just amazing. So that and then, um, the Rock scene, the yes. not doing the Rock Johnson, but yeah. The, the, <laughs> The rock scene when they're in the Grand, at the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Those aren't my two. Oh, shit. Which is good because now we could talk about four different scenes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. So first going on the scene with Rakakui, bro, it was so funny like how that was like a whole like hibachi thing, you know, instead of like being a restaurant, you're literally just fucking doing all the hibachi, like all the tricks are there. And, and when um when Evelyn also exposes, him, exposes a raccoon. And, like, before that, though, like, the raccoon tried to kill her literally with the fucking knife. Like, she's seen too much. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> but, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, with the rock one, you were mentioning this before we recorded how Michelle Yeoh uh, brought up the idea of having no dialogue for that scene. Yes. Because originally it was going to be Stephanie Shu and Michelle Yeoh talking. Yes. But, you know, like, Michelle told him, hey, it's best if, like, maybe they just put subtitles, you know, because the rocks can't talk. And, like, dude, that scene just, it just made it feel more. Or even besides that, I mean, obviously, it's a movie where, like, people have sausage fingers. So, I don't think it's about, like, <laughs> the rocks not being able to talk. But it's also just, like, it's, it's, um, it's an absurd scene. But it's just, it, again, It's also like, one of the most existential. Yeah. And, again, like, um. Like, sometimes, like, silence, I don't know if this is a quote or something, but, like, silence speaks more than, I don't know. The the, the silence was just, like, I felt like it was appropriate it, it added, for that scene. It added yeah. to the scene. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Like, yeah, just hearing the wind, yeah, like, blow. Like, I've never been to the Grand Canyon, but that made me want to go. <laughs> I was like, yeah. wow, that seems very, like, No, and it's, you know, it's a scene where, like, Joy, like, a mother and daughter are coming together and finally, like, connecting, right? And it's just so, like... Something about the quietness, and like you said, like the, the the subtle sound of the wind is just so like. Also, there's like an emptiness towards it, like like a vast emptiness, like how the universe is, you know. Exactly. Okay, so that's exactly it. So like, that that that's how I took it. Like right, like there's a vastness to it in this vast empty universe. 
again, all we have, or not, I mean, yeah, uh, all we have is, like, each other. So then, yeah, again, so it's, like. Yeah, like, literally, scientifically speaking, we are on a rock just flying space. Like, Earth is literally just a giant piece of rock flying in space. And that, and then, relatively speaking, it's, like, nowhere near big. It's, like, yeah, we're the tiniest speck of dust and the tiniest, like, dude, it's, it's wild. That's, again, another conversation, but, yeah. like. And that's a good metaphor for that, you know, like. With how, you know, um, Jobu Tubaki is very nihilistic and seeing that nothing matters because, you know, like everything is so big, we're so insignificant, mm-hmm. you know, but like there's, it's, it's, it's two, it's two sides of a coin there because the other side of the coin is because nothing matters, everything should matter to you, you know, because this is your life. This isn't just a universe. Yeah, exactly. It, like, exactly. Because nothing, uh, yes, you said it beautifully. And then, um, I just think. Literally, like you know, when these kids, this mom and daughter, like they, they're these rocks. Like they're literally, like it's like I said, like they're actually like they're grounding themselves for real, yes. like almost literally, and just like you know, being in the moment. And it's dude. And then in the end, when Michelle starts chasing Stephanie and the rocks start sliding away, <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> oh my god, I love those movies. Yeah. So my two favorite scenes, the first one is with Alpha Wayman, when he becomes the eagle mm-hmm. you know and i just like the fucking like i said the, the dramatic and uh and the super like um action movie like thuds of the drama like, dun, dun, dun. and there's one specific camera movement i love from the movie where wayman's on the ground and he's swinging his fanny pack um <laughs> like, like like super wide in the ground like a helicopter and it catches one of the security guard's legs oh yes there's uh-huh. just one little camera's like movement there where it follows the bag going around wayman to the leg like, I just fucking love that shot for some weird reason. And, yeah, that's why I love that scene. Also, just seeing how, like, how confident Wayman was, you know? Like, as soon as he got the powers, like, he just looks at, like, everyone's like, it's okay. Like, then he just winks at her. Like, dude. super cocky, bro. Dude, like, also, that was hot. It was, was dude, like, it was, yeah, I'm was pretty like, sure damn. even Evan was like, damn. Like, I know. Right. She's like, Like, where's this Wayman at, you know? For real. Yeah, you know, and... My my second favorite scene. So first scene, I guess that was the introduction of Alpha Wayman. You know, like of how what he can do. Mm-hmm. The second my favorite scene was the introduction of Jobu Tubaki in the hallway scene where she comes out with the fucking like white, like almost Elvis like suit and a yes. pig. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck, like dude? Props oh to Stephanie Shu for that, like that. I, she owned I personally it, man. like. I, I know Michelle Yo. I mean, everyone did amazing, right? But but she was definitely like my favorite performance in the movie. I agree. Like she sold that. You know, in order for her to be, you know, the quote unquote antagonist, you know, for her to be this nihilistic, like not giving a fuck about anything, acting in front of one of like some of the most respected people in Hollywood, like Michelle Yeoh, Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, like, and to still hold your own, and not just hold your own, but make yourself known, you know, because she is some people's favorite, like. Like you know, characters in a movie, favorite part, favorite parts of the movie. That's literally my favorite, one of my favorite parts in the movie. Like her entering that whole thing, you know, where like she's just like going through everybody, killing everybody. And I, one of my favorite parts I remember watching it with you was when she got shot. She's like, oh, "Don't worry, Evelyn, it's organic." <laughs> <laughs> then she licks the fucking dude. Oh my god, she licks the fucking ketchup, and everyone's like, "What the fuck?" You know. And then, like, as um, she's beating the shit of the last guy with the dildo, that's when Evelyn realizes, "Oh my god, you're Jobu Tubaki." Yeah. But she doesn't say the name right, like a fucking boomer. Like, "Oh, you're Jobu Tubuki." <laughs> like, 
I think also another part of the movie, Evelyn calls her like Juju Chewbacca. Yeah, she. <laughs> it's like a running gag. Fucking yeah. boomers, she's, dude. She's, she's, she's yeah, she fucks up the name. But yeah, even then, like where you, like you just mentioned that uh, Stephanie Chu's character was like the antagonist, like right, right, kind of. And again, like at the end of the day, like or we find out that like all she really was doing is she wanted someone to like understand her understand her and like travel the, you know she had this cur- this, this, like of traveling the multiverses like she wanted someone to travel with her be with her understand her so at the end of the day again it's just like just unfortunately it just took a lot of killing different evelyns who could actually meet up with her like potential you know but yeah she needed to meet her match right so but like but yeah it's it's uh again she was like she's human and she was just craving like this connection and like she was alone you know so yeah. alone in this fucking again big ass vast empty right universe or whatever yeah. the fuck so it's and then also another thing we got to highlight is the costume designs of chobu tubaki how like as the movie progresses her costumes her yeah her costumes literally go like more colorful more like literally crazier yeah you know and like I can imagine the like the designer of that having so much fun, how much so much freedom of like you know oh what should we dress her, dress her up as today like what should we dress her up as like next time you know yeah also Stephanie Shu how much fun it would have been for her to like every day at work she had to wear a different pretty much different outfit and I, and I think that's that's another like and, and people always talk about this like a movie is always to me a, a movie is always good when you know that the cast is having fun with it right and and to me this is one of those movies like like you just said like. Uh, you can tell the cast is just having so much fun with like all the, the with like the fuckery of it all, like you know, with just like all the different shit that goes on, all the different costume designs, all all the like different settings. It's just like I feel like they had just like the Daniels and the actors and everyone, and I'm sure everyone on set just had so much fun with this movie, and I think it just like it reflects in like the performances and everything, and it just makes it more lovable, like lovable. Like that's yeah. Everything ever all at once is just like for sure. For me, obviously the movie of twenty twenty two for sure. That's like my number one on nothing beat it. Um and we watched the early twenty twenty two, you know, so it's like it had there's yeah. a lot of opportunity there for it to get beaten, but no no, it stayed on top for me and then it's personally in my like top five favorite movies for sure now and you know, just A twenty four as a production company, I just think I'm like a huge A twenty four like nerd. Like I just I just watch all their movies, and I, I just think they're a production company that, like, likes taking risks, and I, I just think that's... I think it's almost, like, a requirement now. Like, all of their movies aren't really generic. Like, you know, just look at everything all at once and The Whale. Not just that. You know, like, also, like, they did Scream, no? No. No? no oh, no. But, but they give... But they give... I think Scream's Universal. Oh, yeah. But they give... um, Yeah, like, not only... The, yeah, they think out of the box. They give opportunity to just, like some wild like quote-unquote wild ideas that like other production companies wouldn't yeah i mean like risk. how would the pitch meeting look like for this movie dude yeah exactly like i'm telling you like <laughs> just like we mentioned at the beginning of this episode like just taking certain scenes out of context you're like what the fuck is this yeah and it's crazy how like as directors you know the daniels had this vision and were able to execute it like with such precision you know even if the end product wasn't exactly what they were thinking. It was exactly what it needed to be, you know. And for them to have, like, 
the concept of having 32 different Evelyns, you know, all different skill sets, all from different universes, and for them to clearly know which one's which, and to be able to clearly also direct that to Michelle Yeoh, because, you know, I remember watching one of the interviews with Michelle Yeoh saying that she literally had no idea what the fuck's going on half the time. She just did a lot of studying the material, you know, so... You know, what she was doing wasn't really based off of instinct, but it was based off of practice and expertise of acting. You know, because, like, she's like, all right, well, this Michelle Yeoh is going to be, um, you know, you're going to be a singer Michelle Yeoh right now, okay? This is from University 43. Oh, okay. Oh, now now this is going to be Michelle Yeoh from the Hot Dog Finger universe, all right? Like, a universe U- U13, you know? And, like, she's like, what the fuck is this? All right, well, I know, okay, I know U13 is going to be this character, so I'm going to be this character, rather than thinking about the universe that she was in you know so in order to like in order for the directors to be so clear you know and to have that vision and execute execute and make it make sense is incredible man yes and also like when it comes to the movie theater of how long it's been running in theaters i think right now it's still in theaters currently very small very limited yeah but i don't think it was a continuous run i think uh no it was like on and off yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it been was a, on and yeah, off. However, enough. like it's still going though. That's what's crazy. Like this. Okay, so I'm I'm reading here online on Wikipedia saying that on Wikipedia, <laughs> but it's saying that like the world premiere was was at the Church. South by Southwest Film Festival on March 11th, 2022. Then it was on limited release in theaters on March 25th, and then in April 8th it was released nationwide. So I think we saw Windows limited release in March. Yes, because April is my birthday, and I remember um, watching it before that, yeah. Yeah, you know, so I remember watching it with you and my sister. And I think once it came out in April, I took my older sister to watch it. Mm -hmm. So, and it's still in theaters now, dude. Like, there's some theaters, like, the one where we go to the AMC, like, has, like, one showing a day at least, which is incredible, like, because it's already been over a year since the movie's been released. Obviously, you know, thanks to the Oscars. Yeah, the they, they're, they're, like, capitalizing off of, like, you yeah, know. As they should. As yeah, they should. As especially they if should. it's such a good movie. Like, it's so fun seeing in a theater, you know. And it's really, I, I mean, I wonder if you go today, if, like, the, the there still be a small crowd there. I hope there is. You know, clearly, if there's movies every day, there must be, you know. Yeah. And there's theater showings. And then, I think it's the highest, gro- if I'm not wrong, it's the highest grossing A24 movie. Really? Well, I mean, that'll make sense, so. especially with, like, it's continuous release, you know. Yeah, and then um, yeah, I made more movie. I mean, it made more movie for as small as a movie as it is, right? Like low budget, like it made more money than Morbius. <laughs> I mean, fuck Morbius. Yeah, I mean, I mean that this, I we hate Morbius in this house. Fuck all y'all that like Morbius. I doubt there's any of you out there, but yeah, no, it's <laughs> Morbius more, is the worst movie on earth, dude. It's so bad. Did you just see the Shazam movie? Oh no, I haven't watched it, but the, it's bad, huh? I try to be positive with it. I think the CGI was really good. <laughs> okay. You know, so if you're going to watch it, at least watch an IMAX with your A list. I mean, again, exactly. So, you know, yeah. this is a quick shout out to AMC A list. Sponsor us, please. Eventually. Yeah, dude, please sponsor me, AMC, dude. I have been a loyal A list since pre COVID. Yeah, All right. same. A-list members, pay you pay $25 a month, $24.99 a month. You can watch up to three movies a week. Those movies could be either regular, 3D, real 3D, IMAX, IMAX or Dolby, or laser, whatever laser, the fuck there is now. Anything. You can watch three time, three movies a week. 
How incredible is that? Not just that, but you can also skip lines. You, there's a front of the line pass for A-list and premier members for the concession stands. You get yeah, like... Jesus, this is the ad right here. Fucking code, code Zenith. Fuck, I, think, I think it's for every $100 you spend, you get $5 every back. Every 50 bro. Every 50 Every 50 That's bomb. Okay, because, dude, if you check my app right now... I- you had like twenty dollars or what? Forty. Forty dollars. Forty. Yeah. yeah. No, it's fifty. Every fifty dollars, you get five dollar reward. Holy so shit. imagine, like you, go, I like this is what I do a lot. If I take my parents to to the movies, I'll like take them to IMAX. So I'll buy the tickets for them. That's fifty bucks. So I get five dollars back. No, yeah. I mean, I do the same thing. Like literally, I just. Went to the movies with a, a big group of friends. It was 12 of us, and I bought all the tickets. That's so. lit. That's lit. I would totally do the same thing. And then, I, you know, my family from home, like, I have a big family. So, like, when they buy tickets, <laughs> I buy it for them. So, I get the... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could get on my phone. Like, it would be a lot easier. Like, yeah, just put it in my account. Sure. You know, give me the points. But, yeah, I know. Sorry for the little the little ad right here, but it's... Please sponsor us, AMC. Uh, sponsor Zenith, because... Um, we're lovers yeah. of the theater, man. We I love, don't ever yeah. see myself not having AMC A-list unless you decide to be a piece of shit and like just exploit it and just fuck it up. But no, as but of right now, now, you're doing a good job. Good keep job. Up the, keep up the good job. Good job. And then, I mean, in the area we live in, there's like a lot of AMC theaters, so it's... Yeah, yeah I hope I, I hope I, mean, I don't move to an area that's like not. Also, Point of Hills, dude, does have the AMC uh, IMAX uh, with lasers, which is actually one of the best theaters in Southern California. Yeah, I have. Um, I well now I go to the one right here and um, at the Grove, and they have the laser one too. That's bomb. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I didn't realize not all of them were were like not laser. I'm like, ew, like what? This ghetto. <laughs> also, yeah. Also now now like with with this like we're almost done talking about this. I swear. But yeah, like I I have different standards now. Like I haven't watched like a like just like a plain regular non IMAX non whatever. But you movie notice in a while. it if you go. But you notice, you notice it. it, bro. I'm like I'm like am I deaf? We're still so pretentious, bro. No, I'm like am I deaf? I'm like, can you turn it up a bit? Yeah, like the, the audio. Like, like, why does it not look clear? Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. That's so. Funny. So get your AMC Stubs Pass, twenty four ninety nine a month. Yeah, super worth it. And now moving on from AMC, let's talk about the Oscars. Okay. So this Oscars was literally historic. Yes. You know, like from the winners to like to who won and why they won and Mm -hmm. how many they won. It's all like historical, dude, which is incredible, especially considering how uh, I'm not sure the best way to put this, how controversial and how white the Oscars were in the past few years. They're oh, literally calling sure. it the white Oscars, you know? Oh, and, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's been an issue since. Oof. Yeah, you know, so they definitely corrected this time. I don't believe it's an overcorrection because I do believe that, you know, what everything, everywhere, all at once won were all very well deserved and very justified, mm-hmm. you know? But it's very good that they're finally kind of opening their eyes saying, oh shit, like, you know, we got to recognize, real recognize real, you know? We got to recognize the Period. real. And, you know, just to kind of recognize who won here, I'm going to put a little list of what they were nominated and what they won. So they were nominated for a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten fucking awards. Best picture, best actress, best supporting actress. Two of best supporting actress. So that's 11, actually. 11 mm-hmm. fucking. Uh, best supporting actor, best, best director, best original screenplay, best film editing, best original score and costume design. And which ones did they not win? One, they did not win the original score. They did not win the original cost, the best costume design. And Stephanie Hsu did not win the best supporting actress. Which, you know, that one, she would have. She, it was, it, it's justified for her to win. It's deserving for her to win. But 
same thing with Jamie Lee Curtis, especially also considering not just his performance, but her entire career in 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 the filmmaking industry. You know, yeah. I, th- I think that's probably the main reason why I decided to choose her over Stephanie Hsu. That's what I think. Yeah, I mean, again, like I'm I'm not unhappy that Jamie Lee Curtis won. I'm definitely you know again because EAAO just swept. You know, this movie just swept the Oscars, um, or just like the award. Award season in general, to be honest. Everything, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I did think that Stephanie Shu deserved it more. Like, I understand that, like, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis has this, you know, especially with like trajectory, the trajectory, impact, but, especially with the impact of like the performance of the actual movie itself as mm-hmm. its own solidarity, like unit of art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I think Stephanie did a better performance, you know, but also she had more to do. So, I I totally see you know like where this happens, and you know I totally understand why some people feel the way they do, but it makes sense. But yeah, I mean, in terms of not winning the costume design, uh, it, the winner went to Wakanda Forever, you know. So I understand that. Oh yeah. But the costume design in this movie was so good. Like the fact that they made Michelle Yeoh not look beautiful. <laughs> You know, like, bro, like, how you, like, like that deserves a fucking Oscar right there. For real. You know? But, yeah, like, you know, as also, as we mentioned, Jobu Dupaki, all of her fucking costume suit, all of, like, all of her outfits were amazing. And they were just so flary and, like, perfect for what she represented in the movie, which is chaos. You know? Yes. But, yeah, like, other than that, you know, going to the, going to the original score, you know, unfortunately, they did not win. The winner of that was All Quiet in the Western Front, which that itself is a pretty amazing movie. You know, I actually haven't watched it. I know it's, it's it's on Netflix, right? Yes, and it's like a German movie, Dutch movie. It's a German movie, bro. German. It's literally like you're looking at the not like the side of the Nazis during World War Two, hmm. but it's clearly an anti-war movie though. And it's really sad. It's gorgeous, bro. Like it is. I know. I'm disappointed in myself that I haven't watched it. It's this, such a good this movie. Oscar season. I did really bad at. I always have a goal of like yeah. watching all the like all the best film nominated movies, with the exception. I was totally and I'm still to this day 100 percent okay with not watching Way of Water, dude. I I don't know. Like you I haven't seen it. I don't, I don't want to. Oh okay. I I just dude. It's like. Quick aside, but yeah, call me a hater, but I'm hating on Way of Water. I don't, I don't think, like, dude, and you know me, I'm a movie goer. I like movies. I appreciate it. It's like it's it's a no for me. I don't know. It's just I don't. I'm I have zero percent interest in watching it. Interesting. Yeah, the story itself was was very um, broad and general, more universal. But honestly, what's what would be the point to watch in theaters is to watch it in IMAX 3D for like the VFX. You yeah. Know? Again, like for me personally, even I know that that's the case, but I'm still not down. Yeah. And no, I totally understood, but I mean, okay. So, uh, above, you know, like outside from those two, from those three award nominees, not winning, which is Stephanie Hsu, um, for the supporting actress as well as the original score and costume design, the film editing, as we as we mentioned it, the fact that this was made by five people, one hundred percent. I don't like. I don't think there's any other. Okay, so the other nominees were Top Gun, The Banshees, and Inertion, and Elvis. And Top Gun, 
We we're not really talking about Top Gun here, so I don't even. I don't even need to fucking justify <laughs> it. Fuck that. But uh, oh, but the God. editing in this movie was insane. You know the fact that like <laughs> the fact that they made every single universe have its own filter, have its own lighting, have its own like coloring. Like, bro, the, yeah, editing one hundred percent takes the cake. Yes, of course. <laughs> Savage. Uh, I'm sorry. Sorry, Tom Cruise, if you're listening to this. Yeah. Hey, if you listen to this, hit me up, man. No, we're so cool. And you know, going to the original screenplay again. How the fuck were they able to pitch this to the studio? You know, for like, you know, like clearly for this to be their own thing, you know, not like because a lot of times, especially with the filmmaking nowadays, there's a lot of adaptations. There's a lot of franchise movies, you know, for this to be a one off standalone period is incredible, you know, and for them to be able to put this vision to writing as well. And the writing itself, which we mentioned, you know, like they're able to clearly make the message of this movie without having to write it out in full you know for people to understand it so original screenplay 100 percent again takes a cake mm-hmm. going after screenplay is best directors which were from daniel the daniels daniel kwan and daniel Schernert. so yeah i mean these two definitely they work together they've been working together for like the past 10 like for the past 10 like few like for their career dude mm-hmm. you know before this they also directed the movie Swiss Army Man, you and, know, uh, yeah, with and, Daniel Radcliffe, mm-hmm. and also something that I recently found out too is that they directed the music video "Turned Down for What." Yes, which, like, I totally see it now. Yeah. I'm like, wow, <laughs> dude, like, wow, you know. And I remember how chaotic that music video was, and I could see how that energy eventually manifested to a feature film. Oh, of course. And then, I mean, look at, look at, yeah, like, it, it makes more sense for their outlet to be, like, yes, a feature film as opposed to a music video, just because they have more, like, whether it's, like, you know, just more space to be creative, right? Yeah, more and, time as well to, like, you know, spread, like, to, like... And look at Swiss Army Man, like, for those of you that haven't watched Swiss Army Man, there's mixed reviews about it. I mean, I personally like it just because, one, I like Daniel Radcliffe, two, it's just, like, a funky movie. Yeah, like, you need to watch it. Just, it's literally a man... They call it Swiss Army Man because he's like a Swiss, like a Swiss Army, Army knife. Man. It could be used for anything. It could like, be used for anything. Very, very useful. Very like just like watch the trailer, you'll trip out. It's out of pocket. Watch the movie, but it makes sense that the Daniels directed that. So it's like yeah. Oh, and in that case, it was the three Daniels, the directors and the anyways. Oh, and Daniel Radcliffe. And Daniel Radcliffe. You're right. <laughs> wow. I love no, that. but yeah. Um, yeah, you know. So then going into best director as well, like it was something we mentioned in the in the episode as well, is how like they're able to so clearly like set the vision for these actors you know because like the directors are the ones who like who have to literally control the entire product project from the way the editing goes to the way the filming goes to the way the acting goes like they're in charge of everything and it makes sense why this is a two-man team you know and also they do complement each other like i forgot which one's which but they're both have a special set of skills like one of them is a little bit more on the macro level one of them is a little bit more on the micro level almost like the russo brothers you know yeah so like that's why and one of the Russo brothers produced everything think, ever all at once. I think so. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think it was Anthony. Anthony Russo. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's the younger one, right? But I don't know. Yeah, either, yeah, either way, fuck it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, going. Okay, so yes, clearly. Okay, best director. I could definitely see that they took the cake. Now, best supporting actor, K. Hugh Kwan. Bro, as we mentioned, the fact that he was able to go from eagle to fox to squirrel, and for you to clearly know which one's which, is incredible. Like. You know, also the way you said that he he was just a like a presence throughout the entire movie of love, 
but to not for it to not be cheesy as well even though what he says can be cheesy like the meaning you got from it was not yeah none of it to me personally again even though i love cheesy none of it was like cringe it was just it just seemed like so genuine and again i think it just comes from his character as well i'm pretty sure he put a lot of himself in the character whether he was being you know the fox the eagle or the um, squirrel the squirrel i just think that like it just shows like his character like it shined through um these movie personalities i mean these movie characters so um yeah i mean he just amazing amazing job from this guy yeah man definitely so understood that also like especially with the way that hollywood kind of um did him you know like in the past like for the past 20 30 years like he even said it in his award-winning speech like in the oscars that you know like his life is the definition of american dream he never gave up you know and he all he needed was just the opportunity you know it wasn't luck it's when hard work and opportunity meet that's the definition of luck you know that's something i learned and that's something i still very much like see and like kind of that's what that's how i see what luck is you know like it's not lucky that he won got this opportunity it's not lucky that he won all these oscars it's just that he was finally given the opportunity and he put in all the work and love for this character to deserve what he won you know so shout out kihu kwan we love you and i'm so happy that you're finally getting the recognition that you deserve and eventually i really hope that you start to get more opportunities because baby you just started you just start yeah. again, you know, like mm-hmm. this is just the beginning for you. So let's see mm-hmm. where you go. And then going after that, best supporting actress, Jamie Lee Curtis. Again, it was more of like the, like the, the, the accumulation of her career that led to her with this, you know, because also even though she had such a small part in this, she went all out for everything. For even like, especially when it came to the hot dog finger universe, how like loving she was and like how into she was with the romance of, with <laughs> Evelyn, bro. Like, you know, like in that head, I'm like, how do you like, how do you kiss? Like, I, I, how are you so intimate in such a like uh, ridiculous world? Like, how are you not like laughing? I mean, it's Michelle Yeoh, like you said, stunning woman. I mean, she's she's coming up next, so yeah, she is. I mean, she's a queen, dude. And going to the best actress, the queen Michelle Yeoh, which is the first mother, first mother. What do you mean? No, she's mother. Oh, she's mother. Yeah, I was going to say she's the first Asian to win this award, as well as the second non-white person. Yes, Halle Berry was the first one, right? Yeah, yeah. and it's so beautiful that she, Halle Berry was able to present this award as well. I could imagine that itself being a big deal, you know, saying that like... Yeah, full circle moment, right? It's like you're receiving this and uh, yeah, it's just, wow. And yeah, I mean, the fact that it took her this long as well to get this award, you know, like a lot of times I feel like Oscars aren't really just set on the performance of the one piece of media that they that they're being nominated for but is being meant for like what their career represents almost like what happened with leonardo dicaprio you know like with the reverend wasn't the revenant the revenant Mm -hmm. Revenant wasn't his like it was a great performance it wasn't his best performance i don't think so but he won because he deserved it for all the other things that he's done yeah like yeah because i agree with you on that one that's his his first Oscar nomination being what's eating Gilbert Grape. He did amazing. Yes. In that movie. Yeah. So yeah, and he was so young. He was like he was like a teenager in that movie. But. Yeah, I agree. You know, and then you know, coming to the end of it, you know, winning Best Picture, it was it was up against Top Gun Maverick, Women Talking, Banshee of Insurance, uh, 
triangles of sadness of ablement all quiet in the western front i don't know how the fuck avatar the way to water got best picture that's what i'm saying that's, that's what, what i'm th- saying that's one thing i don't fucking get that's all what right. i'm saying anyways like, elvis and tar yeah. all right all of these everything everyone all at once i mean the banshees of in- insurance have you seen that movie yes that movie was also really really good however and the fablements as well i could see that one being very intimate all quiet in the western front great but dude like just you know i think this movie everything everywhere all at once was just like it's a moment like it isn't just a movie but it's a moment that shows that you know the love for the art can be very special if it's put in the right hands you know and and it showed literally with how successful this movie was for it to be all leading asian actors and to be like you know the highest highest grossing film you said for the production a24 company as well as winning all of these awards, mm-hmm. you know, like that isn't just for, they didn't win all these awards just for diversity and inclusion, you know, yeah. it was just, it was just a really good, that was just a really good side effect that happened <laughs> with this movie no, for exactly. the Oscars. And you the know? Well-deserved. And I think like, like honestly, like fuck anyone. And I'll just say it, you know, fuck anyone who like, <laughs> Just things that, like, again, this was just, like, a diversity choice, like you said. Like, um, you know, there was a lot of backlash. Like, obviously, like, I'm not, like, on conservative anything, but I did see, like, right, like, some conservatives just, like, talking about, you know, they won because they're Asian, right? We're in 2023, whatever the fuck. And I'm like, no, I'm like, you're looking, like, looking at, like, historically at the Oscars, like you said, like, the fact that Michelle Yeoh, Michelle Yeoh is the second, um, person of color to win in that category like that just speaks for itself right uh obviously but anyways looking forward now right and focusing on 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 the future from now on like i just think this movie obviously there's been other movies but i think the culmination of like of like you know all these great asian actors and now like this movie like getting so much recognition i think it's trailblazing like a path to where now we can move forward and just like like, you know, there can be main Asian character cast, you know, like, I mean, Michelle Yeoh is part of another, like, popular... Crazy Rich Asians. Crazy Rich Asians, yeah. Like, yeah. that That was probably one of the... That's, I think, if, I might be incorrect, but I'm assuming, I think it's the highest grossing, um, like, all Asian... It is, yeah. Main cast, like, in the U.S., like... Uh, yeah, dude, that's a good movie. That's, that's honestly, I, I think it's my personal favorite rom-com. Yeah, no, it's really, really it's good. It's so good. It's a comfort movie done. for me. Even though I'm not Asian, I still love that movie so much. No, and that's the point. I mean, it's like, it's not necessarily like, of course, like, you know, there is like, you take like culture into consideration, right? Or whatever. But it's like, it's more just a story about, like, it's just a story that anyone can relate to, right? It's not, it's not like an Asian story. It's more just like a story about love. Like you said, it's a romantic it, it, story. It so. just, it just happens to be with an asian family. exactly so anyways yeah. I, I i don't know if you've seen lately but like there's been like all, like just i watch a lot of trailers i watch a lot of trailers and then in the recent like couple weeks this past couple weeks i've seen a lot of movies that are coming out with like full-on like asian like actually stephanie she's actually coming out in this uh in this comedy um uh, i forgot what it's called but it's 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 like four girls and they take like four friends and they take a trip i don't know it, it looks it looks fucking hilarious but it's like um it's all it's all asian women and you know like um and then there's and then there's another movie coming out with uh steven yeon yeon 
um, from um, The Walking Dead and from um, dude, he did amazing from in, Minari and Nope, and Nope and yeah. Minari. So like you know, um, the the and actually that's I think the first collab between A twenty four and Netflix. It, it's it's a it's a movie oh, that's really? coming out. Yeah, um, I'll send you all the links later. But yeah, like my point is, I think it's I'm seeing a lot more like Asian representation, which is great because you know, like just traditionally speaking, like you know. Like, the Asian population isn't considered, well, uh, especially because, like, you know, the stereotype is that, like, you know, people from Asian cultures grow up to be, like, you know, in this into the STEM field or, like, in the medical field or whatever it is. And they don't really get opportunities really to, like, express themselves artistically just because, you know, um, here in the U.S. specifically, right? But I, I'm just I'm just happy to be seeing, like, this change. And, and again, I think this movie is one of the first where, like, we see, like, just majority Asian cast and it doing so well, and it's just giving opportunity to more people. And, yeah, I just, I love it. I love it all. Uh, everything, all, all the, really everything and, and all that this, like, all the effect that this movie has had and overall just amazing movie. Like you said, it's a movement. It's, yeah. it's, let's, let's see how it stands the test of time. I think it's going to just you know age like fine wine it's timeless it's a timeless yeah, movie definitely. for sure and i'm really excited to see like how the legacy of this is gonna go because we're just seeing its establishment right now yeah you know but for its legacy that's something that i mean it's only gonna take time to go but yeah when it comes to everything everywhere all at once i think it deserves itself uh an episode here in zenith because this is honestly one of my favorite movies of all time you know easily when we got out of the movie yeah, we knew that this was movie was something special. Like, yeah. this is definitely one of the best movies we've seen recently, yeah. you know? And the fact that, like, you know, this movie is perfect for going to the movie theaters. A lot of people were scared about, like, going to the movie theaters and whether, whether movie theater culture was going to die after COVID. But we're back, baby! We're back. Please go to the movie theaters. Go to the um, movie theaters. AMC, give me a sponsorship, please. Yes, and there's no excuse. I know that things are getting pricey, but again... Get even if even if you get the the AMC uh, subs pass again. Sorry, but gotta plug it in. You know, you're going twice. It pays for itself already. Yeah, just one tick, one IMAX ticket pays for the for, for the membership. Yeah. So then you know, so just just going twice, you're already saving money, and just just do it, y'all. Like, uh, cause uh, we need to go to the theaters more, cause I don't want that to die. <laughs> yeah. No. Please. No. I mean, also like. It's as you can see recently, like all of these movies that are coming out, like they're breaking records still, you know. So I don't think it's gonna die anytime soon. I'm just glad that people are shutting the fuck up about that. <laughs> you know, yeah. just go to the, shut the fuck up, go to the movies, enjoy the movies, and just fucking keep watching movies, man. Keep loving life, you know, like art, movies, whatever, however it is you like, do it. Just support it because that's how you continue. You know, art, unfortunately, a lot of times you need to support it financially in order for it to continue to evolve. And if you can, do it. If you can't, do the best. You know, you could always stream it. You could always, like, wait until it goes in, in streaming or just fucking, you know, watch it illegally. Either way, <laughs> just try watching it, all right? Because it's a beautiful movie. And, yeah, other than that, Tony, is there anything else you want to say about this? No, just, you know, um, y'all, like, whenever you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed, just... Take a deep breath, you know, um, bring your ground yourself, make sure you're enjoying the present and like what you have now surround yourself with the people you love. And, uh, you know, I think that's, that's what makes for a great life. You know, that's the recipe for that. Um, yeah. So just, uh, stay beautiful y'all one love.
One love. Also, one more thing I want to say is congratulations, Tony. You're almost going to graduate with your master's degree, and that mm-hmm. is a big accomplishment. Thank you. You know, thank the you, fact thank that you. you're currently right now in USC, we're recording this, and you gave me this time to come over here and record this. You know, despite you being a headless chicken sometimes running around, <laughs> being so busy with your schedule, I appreciate you. And I just want to give this time to also congratulate you, man. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank of course, you. man. You've been there since the beginning and you know that, you know, you've seen me through my journey. You've seen me at my at my lowest, but you've also seen me like, you know. At the baddest. Yeah, exactly. Which is now and I'm only going to get better, baby. So, yeah. We're back, baby. <laughs> We're back. Yeah. All right. Well, with that being said, um, you already plugged your shit in because you're single. But <laughs> again, or underscore Tony Boy, right? Underscore Tony Boy. Yes. And then if anyone, you know, I'm. If anyone just wants to Venmo me for no reason, it's uh, Tony Boy, T-O-N-Y-B-O-I. <laughs> Tony Boy, <laughs> no, you see kidding, that? But yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. All right. And then, you know, you could always find Zenith on Instagram and Twitter at Zenith underscore podcast. You can find us at TikTok at find Zenith. And for now, that's all that we have for this episode. Again, if you listen this far, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Please watch the movie if you haven't. If you have, let us know what you think about it. Tell us in the comments. You could also rate us on Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Please help me grow this. As you already listened to this, you probably already are helping me. So I appreciate you. With that being said, my name is Caesar. I'm here with Tony, and we will be back next time. You could always find us at the Zenith. Goodbye. <laughs>